Welcome to Wildin' with Wheezy. I'm your host, Matt Lemubot, and and today's guest is Brad Lord, Coach Lord, former head coach of Foundation Academy, and what is the title now? Since Director of Football Operations and College Placement. Awesome. All right. So, first question we'd like to ask is, what was like? Where were you before you came to Foundation? Um, I was with Cisco Foods. Cisco Foods doing like what exactly? Uh, actually. I left Cisco Foods to go to UCF to go back and get my college degree that I never got. Did you get it back? I I played college football for four years and never graduated. And at 42 years old, I walked at UCF with straight A's. That's awesome. My parents were, thank, praise God, my parents were still alive. They got to see it because they were shocked. Mm -hmm. Uh, What other coaching positions did you have before coaching here? Uh, I was a defensive line coach at a school in Boston, and I was a defensive line coach at Olympia High School with Bob Head, and then I came to Foundation. Been here 13 years. Um, what brought you to Foundation Academy? My daughters. Your daughters? They went to school, and they begged me. The football team wasn't too good, and they asked Daddy to come over and <laughs> and, and take care of them. And, and then I think they were glad. They wish I never came. <laughs> All right, so um, wait, where exactly did you play football at, like, besides? I played at several colleges. Mm-hmm. Um, I played uh, up at, in Boston. What mm-hmm. school? Uh, at High School. And then I played at, at, I was recruited by a big school, which I never got on the field, so we don't need to go Syracuse? on that. And then we don't need to go into <laughs> that. And then we went to uh, and played at Ithaca. College and then ended up at Bridgewater. That's awesome. State? Yes. University? Yes. Yeah. I don't like what's up there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said earlier, you recently stepped down as head coach, and Coach Andre Walker is now head coach. So, what does it look like stepping down as head coach? What are you going to do now? Well, I'm going to work on the recruiting for athletes and college placement for all our sports. I get to watch my son play football, which I couldn't do last year when. Even he was a starter, I couldn't watch him because I'm coaching the game, and spend some time uh, with my wife, and get my handicap and golf down better. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, Coach Walker's not here. This question was originally for Coach Walker, but I'm gonna ask it to you. One of the key components to a, a school is um, uh, is keeping a winning program, like um, keeping a winning attitude. What's like the goal of keeping the winning culture? Well, I will tell you this, uh, except for one se- my first season, we were four and six, and they thought I was Lombardi because they hadn't won many games in years. Mm-hmm. I've been fortunate to have great staffs over the years. When Coach Walker joined us in 2015, we really went on a run. He raised the bar, brought what he learned from Lakeland High School, um, made me look real good as a head coach. And for years, we've been to the regional championships. Uh, they did away with district years ago. But this past year, we won it. Um, uh, I know Coach Walker. He'll keep the bar high. Um, and, he, he, you know, he's always about his athletes outworking everyone. And that's a winning environment right there. Mm-hmm. I think the winning will probably keep going and even get better under Coach Walker's wa- uh, watch. I know he's hired a fabulous coaching staff for this upcoming season. Uh, 
says for both coaches, how important is the classroom when it comes to players? If they don't do well in the classroom, you can't win. All right. I think, uh, I think I agree with you on that one. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of kids have a ton of potential, especially in the Orlando area. Like when I go up to the basketball courts, there'll be kids with a ton of potential, but they can't play basketball because mm -hmm. they're failing at their grades. If you don't take – Coach East always says – I, I remember because he coached with me for a few years. If you don't take care of the little things, you can't take care of the big things, mm -hmm. and he's 100% right on that. If a kid isn't going to do his homework or is always missing class and isn't reliable, how can we rely on him to have the ball in his hands when we're on the two-yard line to win a game? Yeah, I agree with That's how my dad is. He always told me, if I'm not doing my schoolwork, then don't pick up the basketball. Yep. So, mm -hmm. like, I understand that. So, um... I was talking earlier about the winning culture and all that. So another important aspect you always talked about to us in practice at the beginning of the, at the beginning of the season was buying in, buying into the team. What is it like? What does it take to have a team that players will buy into? That they're not selfish for themselves. I, I think last year showed a lot. We had a lot of stars, but they were all about the team, um, doing the going the workouts as team members. You know, it hurts when you see some. Some of your key players not coming, everyone else is busting it. Um, holding each other accountable. Mm -hmm. Lots of distractions, a lot more now than when I grew up, especially mm -hmm. with the internet and all that stuff, Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, all that garbage. Mm -hmm. And kids who get distracted usually end up not playing well and usually don't do too well in school. You gotta keep a laser sharp focus on your goals nowadays, especially with the competition out there. Now, what does it take to get someone to buy in? Like, what did you do to get players to buy in? Well, I had great leaders as kids here, and uh, your brother was one of them. Mm -hmm. um, he 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 worked hard. You're one of them. Mm -hmm. I heard you haven't missed a day in the weight room, so that's yes, awesome. Um, the older kids setting the examples for the younger kids. That's how you build culture. If the older kids on this campus don't bully, the younger kids aren't going to bully. Mm -hmm. If the older kids on this campus don't make fun of people, the younger kids aren't going to make fun of people. Mm -hmm. They'll follow the lead of the people they admire. Mm -hmm. So um, earlier, earlier you talked about distractions, and of course coaching for as many years you've had, you've probably seen your fair share of players lose like their – like their scholarships or their, they had so much potential that they lost it. Like, you've seen that, right? Yep, I know them right in my head, too. <laughs> I know every player, and I, I won't say any names, but we've had some real rock stars here who could have played. I mean, Danny was our first Power 5 player who signed this year. Mm -hmm. We've put 28 kids in colleges. There's about 10 others who distractions led them the wrong way, and they're not playing football right now. How do you think you would do, like, you went back in time, I don't know how I would have done, because I wasn't. It's not a good, uh, good example. I wasn't the nicest boy when I was <laughs> young. But I will tell you this: I believe if I found Jesus Christ at a younger age in myself, I wouldn't have went through the struggles I went through, especially between the ages of twenty and thirty. Mm -hmm. Um. So. Um, one of the questions I'd like to see is with this whole changing of head coaches, how do you think we're going to do this season? I think you guys have a shot to win the whole state championship this year. I think Coach Walker's assembled an unbelievable staff. 
I know there's some kids transferring in, I think, with the, the – but you can't think that way. you got to go one step at a time. Mm-hmm. So what you guys should be thinking right now is how do we get better in the spring? How do we keep getting stronger in the weight room? How do we get better in the summer? Season will take care of itself. Sun Tzu said, every battle is won before it's ever fought. If you, if you think of that, if you think of that, it's the work you put in before that's going to determine how, how things are. And everything can't be measured in wins and losses either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's about, it's about growth, spiritually, mm-hmm. mentally, and athletically, and academically. If there was something you could tell the listeners right now, whether they're uh, upcoming athletes, middle schoolers, high schoolers, even high schoolers becoming college athletes, what would you tell them? You're not all Division One athletes. Be humble and take care of business in the classroom. All right, so now we're going to – so you talked about your past. If there was something you could go back right now and tell your past self, what would, what would that be? Don't drink the punch. Don't drink the punch? Correct. What was in the punch? It's a metaphor. It's saying – don't get distracted and don't fall into peer pressure and mm-hmm. you know what's right and what's wrong and go the right way, not the wrong way because it's easier. Mm-hmm. All right, so when you're talking about before coaching and you work in the food industry, you talked about you worked at Boston Lobster Feast. Can you tell us a little bit about well, that? Well, that was Boston Lobster Feast. My uh, best friend owned the restaurant. He owned Bar Harbor Lobster and I came down to open the restaurant with him. And that got me, you know, I was Tony Roma's uh, traveling chef that I opened up all their locations. And then um, I went to work for Cisco Foods. And I was performance driven. Mm-hmm. So Cisco was right up my alley. It was 100% commission. And you got more money and more prizes and more stuff for being the number one salesman, which I achieved mm-hmm. once and uh, once or twice while I was there. So, mm-hmm. um, but going back to getting the education and getting my college degree, see, if I didn't have my wife and my kids, I, none of that would have taken place. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who changed my life. So, uh, did you come to foundation just as a coach, or I heard you used to be a teacher? So I did sub teach, and then I taught AP U.S. history. And, Davis teaching. Yep, I uh, had a great passing rate. Not maybe not as high as him, but a pretty good one. Um, and I taught history for eight years, history and government. And this day and age, to have a winning football program, there's no way you can do that. I mean, you, you have to put everything into it. Kids aren't going to come if unless you're going to place them in college. You know, you got to work about recruiting off season. It, it's so hard being a, and, and I admire Coach Walker because he still teaching seven classes and mm-hmm. and taking over this big responsibility. So talking about um, being one hundred percent in recruitment, I never realized it until I talked to some of my other friends at other schools where they talked about how recruitment there isn't as like big as it is here. Like their their coaches are not as great of recruiters as you are. So I didn't realize. I think how, it's a sales background. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was in my 30s again, I'd probably get my law degree and be an agent. Um, it's a messy business, but I'm good fixing things that are a mess. Um, but again, it's about the kids. You just you're just presenting the pot, pieces of pie. 
and mm-hmm. these schools are going to eat. The big thing is, in Florida, you have the Gators, Knowles, Hurricanes, USF, UCF. Every parent thinks their athlete is a Division One player. Well, that's just not true. It, you know, I, I, I know some heck of football players uh, that, that play great football for me, but they were never going to run out on the swamp. They just weren't naturally gifted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I mean, I think of Evan Thompson, who is 5'10", um, 195, maybe 200 pounds, and ran maybe a 4'8", 40. He could have played in any Division One school in the country. He had the football IQ through the roof. He was probably one of the smartest football players I've ever coached here. But, but he wasn't going to run through the swamp because of his height. And because of his speed, but guess what? He went to Florida Tech and, and had a great, outstanding career. Now he's playing golf. I mean, there's so many kids here. I had a kid, you know, years back who was probably one of the most athletically gifted kids in Central Florida and just didn't do anything with it. Went the wrong roads. The distractions became a part of his life, and he didn't end up going to play college football. All right, so uh, a couple weeks back, I had Danny, Scotty, and Tate on here, and I asked them what was one of their favorite moments in, when they played football, and I'd like to ask you that same question. My favorite moment playing football. Up north, well, I got two. Winning the regional championship this past year mm-hmm. was special. I'd have to say the greatest thrill of me football-wise you know, I, I grew up a Patriots fan, so I'm used to winning and stuff like that. But the greatest thing about football is football is sort of like the the military. You remember your brothers because you're in battle so much. And I'd say one of the greatest things is what Bailey Trender did for me this past year mm-hmm. with Tom Brady. And I still have several players who call me every Father's Day to wish me a happy Father's Day who played for me. So those would. The game itself, it's fun. I loved it. I was good at hitting people. Mm -hmm. Uh, But those moments were probably my most memorable moments. So Patriots' first Super Bowl, I won't lie. That was pretty good, too. (laughs) So to clarify, what exactly did Bailey do with Tom Brady for the listeners? Well, Bailey went out and – Wanted to do something for me and uh, went out and got the support of Mr. Brady. And he sent us a whole bunch of signed stuff and a video to Bailey and myself. And Bailey surprised me on it when Mr. Buckles was doing a video on passing the the coaching down to Coach Walker. And uh, it was a very special moment for me. Um, so talking about Tom Brady, and you, of course, you're from the New England area, big Patriots fan. How did you react when Tom Brady said he's going to Tampa Bay? I became a Buccaneers fan. You became a Buccaneers fan? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm a Brady fan. I'm a Brady, Brady fan. fan. Yeah, me oh, too. Oh, wow. You know. I like the Patriots still, but I don't know. If Brady and the Patriots got hit in the Super Bowl, I really don't know who I'd root for. I probably will too. I'm a big Tom Brady fan. Yeah. I mean, for me, if it was the Seahawks and the Bucks, I'm going with the Seahawks. I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. So how was it? Like, You got any stories from when you were growing up? I got a lot of stories that we won't share. Well, well I, we'll talk about the ones that you can't yeah. share. Robert Wolf 
If you look him up, he owns 32 advisors. He's the president of my high school class and a good friend. I knew him since I was little. And he said to me one day my senior year, you're the best player on this field and probably the best player in the county. But you don't even work at it. You smoke, you drink, you do all the wrong things. Time to straighten out your life. And he told me that before I went to college, and I didn't listen to him, and he was 100% right. And, uh, you know, I married an angel. She got me back to the Lord, and we had a great life. Um, do you have any more questions for him? Enough? enough? <laughs> Coach Ford is shaking his head right now saying enough. All right. I think that is enough. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, My pleasure, guys. Go this to is, lunch. This is the season finale of... Um, of Wild and with Wheezy season one. Season two will begin uh, not next week, but the week after. Have a good spring break, and I'll see you in two weeks. All right, buddy. You didn't film me, right? Huh? No, I didn't film you. There's a camera right there. So I look skinny. Yeah, <laughs> you sound skinny. You know it's still recording, right? It's all that. Yeah. <laughs>